What's happened to Mike Schmidt, 40-year-old boy podcast? All right, look, enough, right? Enough, fucking enough. Let's do this. Let's take a step back. Let's grab the reins. Let's, let's, let's fucking steer into the skid that this fucking quarantine has become. Let's all grab our masks and wear them. Oh, yes, wear your fucking masks, people. No more of this hillbilly bullshit of like, I love America. Fuck off. You're killing people. Killing everybody. And I know some of you listening, you're going to be like, well, but, uh, you know, but Mike, my freedoms. Yes, your freedoms. Everybody loves your freedoms. Good for you. You know what I love more than my freedoms? My Aunt Marge. I love her. She's great. She was so kind to me at Christmas, and I'd hate to see her befallen by the germ because some fuckhead wanted to be free. I don't need my uh, my fucking aunt to die of red, white, and blue lung. All right, let's not let that happen. All right, please, please put your fucking mask on. Don't touch your face. Wash your hands. And look, I'm coming around to some of your thinking. I won't lie. Uh, I, you know, I, because there are people who are like, it's just the flu. It's not just the fucking flu. And then there are people who are like, well, you know, only 1% of the people die. Yes, that's true. But I don't want to be responsible for 1% of the people dying. I don't. I don't know why you do. I don't know why you're okay with that. I don't know what kind of supervillain bullshit you've got in your fucking brain where you're like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to go ahead and put this little mask on my face. I don't mind if 125,000 people die. That's cool because uh, I look dumb. Really? You know what you are? You're walking Instagram. You are walking fucking Instagram if you think you look dumb in a mask so you don't want to wear it and everybody else should die. But you didn't tune in to hear this. You didn't hear to you didn't tune in to hear me again fucking just railing against the world. This quarantine has got us all a little uh, off. We're all a little thrown. We're all a little just our vertical hold, our horizontal hold. It's all a little skewed. Right now, our world looks like on TV when I was a kid, when I was watching Lady Chatterley's Lover, the lesbian scene, trying to jerk off through a jumpy fucking screen. I could do it. Don't kid yourself. I fucking did it. But it wasn't optimal. That's what we're going through now. We're all living right now, but it's not optimal. Nobody wants to wear a mask, but you have to. You just fucking have to. And if you want to, good for you, too. There's a bunch of fucking subs and doms out there. The guy's probably like, finally, I can wear my gimp mask in public. Good for you. Good for that fucking guy being brave. Stepping out in his gimp mask, climbing out of his fucking box. Well, fucking, unfortunately, Ving Rames gets it in the other room, in Russell's old room, and this fucking guy's out there in his gimp mask, but he's fine because he ain't killing anybody. I'm on the gimp side now. I watched that movie completely differently. The gimp is the hero of that movie, and I will not hear otherwise. Uh, you know what I did last week, last Saturday? This, I, I totally did this because, again, I was killing time doing nothing. I remember the show came out on Sunday last week. I was kicking the can down the road because, again, this quarantine's got us all befuddled. It's got us all uh, upside down, man. We don't know what the fuck to do. So last Saturday, I was like, all right, I should record a show. But I was waiting for the fucking uh, the rally to end in Tulsa and see what the fuck happened there. Just in case a thousand people died, I wanted to talk about it on the show. Didn't feel like it would keep for a week. Uh, but then that night, I was I was watching, uh, I, you know, streaming some TV. And, uh, and dudes, here's what I watched in a row. This is totally true. Um, I watched UFC fights. And then I was like, well, I wonder if there's any movies on. Because I haven't watched movies in like forever, like HBO and those channels. So I flipped. And I put on one channel, and the first thing I saw was I, I saw the last, uh, what was it, the last 40 minutes of, hold on, I got to remember this, because there was, I, I'm so mad right now. It was, it was because there was like four movies in a row where I was like, you're kidding me that this just happened. What was the first fucking, I saw the last 40 minutes of something. Oh, Boogie Nights. I came in right when they were walking into Alfred Molina's house. So that's like the last half hour. So I actually, I got to see that whole scene, the whole Night Ranger scene, 
uh, and and then the fucking Jack, I need help. And then the the final, uh, it's so great. And then the, the credits and the, it's so perfect. So I got to see the end of Boogie Nights and then I go, well, I wonder if everything else is. And I flip over. I saw the last 40 minutes of Spider-Man Far From Home. Mysterio is just about to make the monster show up and attack England. And I'm like, well, fuck, I'll watch this. And I did. And I, it was whiz bang. It was, all, it was, it was the last 40 minutes. And I was like, all right, this is cool as fuck. So I got to watch that. And then I flipped the channel and there was, uh, there was the last uh, uh, casino had been on for half an hour. I hadn't seen Casino in fucking forever. So I'm like, dude, I'm throwing on Casino. So I throw that in and I watch it. The music is perfect. Casino's perfect. Pesci's fucking perfect. And you know how I call people uh, banana heads? Pesci calls people balloon heads in that movie. And I'm like, you know what? I might, get, I might bring balloon heads back into fucking play. Maybe balloon head makes the move. Uh, although banana head is really, that's just convenient. But balloon head, balloon head and banana head. Maybe you see them together. Hanging out arm in arm. And so I watched the last two hours of Casino, last maybe two and a half hours of Casino. And then that ended and I'm like, oh man, that was awesome. And I flip and you know what was starting? It was, the, it was fucking Pulp Fiction. It's, it's uh, uh, Tim Roth and Amanda Plummer having a conversation about sticking up uh, Grandpa Irving with a fucking, but sticks a gun in your face. So I, I, and I watched all of Pulp Fiction. And then, then it was like four in the morning. <laughs> and I was like, wow, well, look at me kill all the time and not getting a fucking show done for people because that's how I do it in quarantine now. Because again, quarantine's got us upside down. I saw a picture, I saw a thing today of a woman in Trader Joe's by my house, literally in the city where I live, losing her fucking mind because they made her wear a mask. Still to this day, the end of June, and people are freaking out about wearing the fucking mask, yelling about it, screaming about it, and having, there's like five employees in masks just going, look, you have to wear a mask, yeah? and she throws a fucking basket, and she's like, you're fucking harassing me, and you're all democratic hoaxers, and I mean, what the fuck is wrong with people, man? Would you, why would you rather do that dumb shit? Why would you rather scream and do a somersault than just go, yeah, you're right, I, I probably should get a mask? You know, because because a hundred people have a mask on, but I'm the one who doesn't need one because I'm the Superman. I'm the fucking right one here. You guys are all wrong. Everybody else is stupid, but I'm smart because I won't do what I'm told. Look at me. I'm a badass. I'm checking out all rookies. So forget Oreos. Eat. I won't wear my mask cookies. I'm bad. Fuck you. Put on a goddamn mask. LL Fool J. <laughs> Look what I just did there. Or LL Cool Jerk. Take whatever you want from it. But cover your fucking face. Quit spit dropleting, quit sneezing, quit breathing on everybody. Just put a fucking mask on, you fucks. I went to the store this week. I went to Ralph's. I went to go grocery shopping. And it's just, it's slipping, man, because it's summer. It's slipping. People are like, well, you know, I guess I, I don't really mind if people are dying. And I'm not the odds. Because I look, I'm unkillable. You're talking to me. I'm I'm the original unkillable dude. I've been hit by cars and got up and punched the hood. I mean, I'm fucking, I'm... I don't know what I am. I'm half Lestat and I'm and I'm half just a fat zombie. I don't fucking know what I am, but I know that you can't kill me. And still I wear a mask just for appearances, just because I don't want to fucking brawl with anybody. If somebody came up to me, if I wasn't wearing a mask, I'd just be like, look, dude, I can't die. Here's a story. And I tell them a story about me almost fucking. I fell down a, a, a giant flight of stairs and landed and broke all the ice in the fucking business and still got up. Nobody's like, how the fuck are you alive, man? That was fucking like 10 wooden stairs and you fucking you're fat and went ass up and boom. And you know what? I'm fine. I've had guns to my head. I've had dumb shit happen. I, I, I've set a dumpster on fire. I've done dumb, crazy things. I've been in fistfights. I've been sucker punched. I'm still here. And I'm telling you. If I wear a mask, you should wear a fucking mask. But you can't kill me, and I still wear a fucking mask. I go to the store, I drive, no masks on the street. People walking dogs, and they don't have any masks. Because even my brain, I'm like, should that dog have a mask? Well, I don't know, the owner doesn't have a fucking mask. 
I bet that dog is like, you fuckhead, put a mask on and put one on me. You know what? Let Rover take over. (laughs) Move over. Move over, baby. And let Rover take over. Put masks on everybody. I don't get it. And I find myself saying this every fucking week. I come to the microphone, I open it up, and what do I talk about? The mask, the fucking racism, and now sexism, and fucking every goddamn... My, my industry's being destroyed. Pro wrestling's being fucking destroyed. Unfortunately, every female performer in pro wrestling is somehow... some At some point, a male performer has put a finger inside of her and, 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 and taken a photo of it, or whatever the fuck. It's a mess. And there are so many women in in regular professions, in normal professions, not even in entertainment, who have these fucking stories, who've been harassed on buses, on trains, at fucking fucking stoplights, whatever the fuck. Leave people alone, man. But then what's funny is I see this woman today screaming at Trader Joe's and she's freaking out and she's like, these men are harassing me about a mask. I'm like, she's going to pivot that into a sexism story, but it's really a story about keeping America safe. But she's going to make it like she was sexually harassed because she didn't wear a fucking mask. And then you just, you just throw your hands up and go, I don't care. You know what? Where's the comet? Where's the fucking meteorite? Let's fucking take everybody the fuck out, man. When is the heat death of the universe going to come down? Will the mask protect me from that? I hope so. I'll, you know what? I'll wear a double mask. I'll put a mask on my mask. There's a listener to this show named Ash. She's in Arizona. She's pregnant. She's awesome. And she's like, hey, man, I'm doing okay. It was her birthday. I wrote her a note. And she's like, you know what? My mom's coming to visit. I'm like, your mom's coming to visit? She better put a mask on her mask. What did your state just fucking do? What's up with Arizona? It's so funny to me. Like fucking three weeks ago, all these guys are like, fuck you, man. Arizona rules. We're going to go party in the desert. Woo, Phoenix. Yes. Everybody having a good time. Tank tops and sand. And now four weeks later, it's like everybody's in bed, dying with an anvil on their chest and a dry cough, drier than the desert itself. Fuck you, Arizona gonna be empty, except for my friend Ash and her baby and her husband and hopefully her mom who quarantines herself and stays safe. And my other friends, Justin and Mary, lock your doors and windows, keep away from Arizona people who want to breathe on you because they don't read the fucking paper and realize that the world is ending. They need to do their best to try to stop it. You fucking sun-baked cocksuckers. What happened to your brains, man? You got, you know what? Not even brains. Your brain was a healthy, thriving grape, but then you moved to the desert and it got baked into a raisin. You fuck, you can hear it rattling around in your crazy, warm, overheated skull steam scaping from your ears what the fuck wear a mask arizona i tell you what if i was from arizona i'd wear a mask just so people didn't know i was from fucking arizona if you're in arizona you should make it just wear it as a fucking disguise don't even try to keep anybody safe don't try to cover your face up just do it because you don't want people to know you're from that godforsaken hellhole landscape capricorn one oj simpson on a fucking mars rover fucking state slash planet Jesus, fuck. I hope a cactus falls on everybody out there who doesn't wear a fucking mask. My grandma loved Arizona. And I, 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 I mean, good for her. Back then, maybe it was a place. Maybe it was. But I think when my grandma lived there, it was still, you know, gunslingers and coyotes and shit. Who the fuck knows? There's somebody Sam and people like that. They didn't open any sports bars where people could go fucking wet their whistle at a watering hole with no mask on and go, woohoo, let's kill everybody. Yeah. Your entire state is Jeffrey Dahmer. You know that, right? You're just serial killers at this fucking point. You're a whole state of Ted fucking Bundys. And you're other victims of the other 49 states. Oh, I wish I could say it was the other 49 states, but Texas is right there with you. You know what? I thought Arizona was just going to be like a single, like, lone wolf Ted Bundy. No, fucking Arizona and Texas are Henry Lee Lucas and Otis Toole. And they're in a fucking beat up Buick driving across the country, killing everybody maskless. 
breathing on everyone with their fucking bullshit. Get fucking bombed. Who do you think you are? Again, it was the same thing with Texas. Hey, man, everything's bigger in Texas, especially our indignation for rules. So fuck off with our six guns and cowboys and the Texas Rangers. And we love our cowboys. And Dallas is great. And don't forget Houston and San Antonio, too. By the way, we're all breathing out our fucking air into your fucking face because we're Texas and you can't stop us. Here's a line in the sand in the Rio Grande and the big Texan steak ranch and giant potato skins to fall on your fucking head. And we got cows and oil and nobody can tell us what the fuck to do. Now, three weeks later, hey, guess what? Everything's bigger in Texas, especially the germ cloud and the hospital beds because we got to put four of them in there like the fucking bed of invalids in Willy Wonka because we ran out of fucking room because everybody got fucking crazy germ drunk and fucking died. Not enough people are dying in Texas. We got them stacked like cordwood in fucking emergency rooms. Oh my God, let's go patrol the border. Hey, let's not. Let's patrol all of the borders and make sure that no matter who else gets into the fucking state, they don't catch the goddamn germ that's coming in from the north because all of us opened up because we wanted to have a beer with friends because we're fucking dumb. We wanted to assert that we were independent and show everybody on the goddamn planet, look at us. We got no mask, just stupid hats and giant belt buckles. Well, guess what? Take that hat, put it over your fucking face and wrap that belt around your skull and make sure it traps all your germs inside your goofy fucking 10 gallon coffin. You dying motherfucking cowboy idiot. Please do me a favor. Say hi to fucking Wyatt Earp when you're in fucking heaven and say hi to the fucking lunger goddamn fucking Val Kilmer who's your huckleberry who will take fucking five shots at you because he realizes that you fucking he didn't have a choice he got TB it wasn't about masks back in the old fucking west nobody was like you know what Doc Holliday didn't wear a mask and that's why he died no Doc Holliday's a lunger he got TB just fucking happened bad luck you fuckheads could have worn masks and avoided that fate but you looked at the rest of the fucking country and said we'll be your huckleberry and guess what now you got lungs full of huckleberries with velcro on them attaching to your fucking breathing apparatus, and you're gonna go fucking down Texas finished over good Christ you red state idiots Red with blood, red with embarrassment, the shame that you should feel as you blush, as the blood rushes to your cheeks because you realize you fucked up and you're killing people. All in the name of what? Independence? The fuck out of here. There's no basement in the Alamo. If there is, go hide in it. You fucking dumb fucks. Oh, boo-hoo. Everybody, you know, you can't tell us what to do, man. Texas, yeehaw. Woo, lasso. Do me a favor. Lasso up some fucking meds. Lasso up some doctors from a neighboring state and drag them into your state so they can fucking take care of your fucking population. Oh, you can't do that? Oh, you're too weak because you can't breathe? You got pressure on your chest? It's funny. One of the big fucking symptoms of this disease is you lose taste. I got news for you. Arizona and Texas, way ahead of the curve. No taste at all in either of those fucking states. So they were not going to... They weren't clued up when they were like, hey, man, I don't have any taste. It's like, yeah, well, that's not a symptom. That's just fucking Texas. That's just fucking Arizona. That's just fucking Florida, America's cock, fucking fucking America, the, the, the literally heaven's waiting room. I, you fucking dicks. My mom is there. Wear a mask. My stepdad is there. My stepdad, who's already got COPD. And now he's going to what? I, I told my mom, my mom's, and my mom's been great. My mom and my stepdad have been perfect. They're like, we don't go out. We don't, we don't go anywhere. They, my mom's like, I might go to Walgreens a couple of times. And I'm like, ma, you know, you can fucking push buttons and people will bring you shit all the time. But even so, that's still people from Florida bringing her shit. 
It's not like they go find germ-free delivery people. That doesn't fucking happen. Who the fuck knows what everybody's got out there? Florida's just as bad. Hey, man, we're the orange state. We got Miami and the Miami sound machine. Gloria Stefan. Hey, everybody, won't you do that conga? I can't control myself any longer. And then the germ's going to come to my house and it's going to put me underground. And that's fine because I don't give a fuck if I kill you or the rest of the world because I'm Florida and I'm America and I can do what I want like a crocodile. I'll bite you in the ass like an alligator and then I'll wind up dying. And you'll wind up dying too because I don't give a fuck about anybody. Why would I share any sort of feeling for the rest of the world. I'm an independent man. I'm in America. America, 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 Florida, America. Both end in A, both the same. Hey, you know what else ends in A? Fucking, uh, 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 I can't think of anything. I was going to say corpse or dead guy. None of it. I couldn't pull it super quick. My brain wasn't fucking working. Inertia. How about that? Inertia ends in A. And you sit there inert as you let this fucking state get fucking destroyed by germs. And my mom is stuck in the middle of it. It's ridiculous. It's like, it's like watching one of those movies where like the, the, you're trying to save the people on the, on the roof while the flood is closing in. My mom is just surrounded by germs. And my I'm told my mom, I'm like, just stay in. She's like, I know we are, but you know, sometimes you got to go to the store. No, you don't. You really don't make a phone call, please, please. She's like, yeah, I wear that mask. I go, good. Wear the mask. Cause my mom, again, my mom's had cancer four times, three, twice in one lung, once in the other lung and once in her brain. And she's beaten it all four times. She's cancer free right now, right now for the moment. Let me check my watch. Yeah, cancer-free right now, my mom is, which is good. And then my stepdad has COPD, so when he breathes out, it sounds like popcorn popping all over the fucking place. Those two are doing their best to stay alive while in this this sea of germy swamp fucks who won't give a flying fuck about anybody but themselves. I told my mom, I go, dude, don't even go outside. You know why? Because you fucking, you open the mailbox, the germ's there. It's just lurking. Like, the germ is waiting for my mom. Which is weird. It's like you would think it would claim younger people and call that a victory, but it's just all concerned about body count. The germ isn't like, hey, you know what? It's a victory to take out some people who are, are uh, you know, could fight us off. No, the germ just doesn't give a fuck. It's sweeping through fucking everybody. It's like a goddamn tsunami, man. Anything in its way gets fucking crushed. So that germ is just, it's like, it's hiding in a bowl of rice waiting to pop a germ in my mom's lung. That's what it's fucking doing. It was sent by Marcellus Wallace to take my mom the fuck out. And yet, and yet, and yet... Florida won't wear masks. We're fine. Don't don't tell us what to do. We've got beaches to open. Oh, really? Analogy that's been beaten to death, but mare from Jaws? Really? You fuck? God damn it. I don't understand it. I don't understand people. I don't understand this, this decision where you're better or more important or your feelings or your rights or whatever the fuck are better than everybody else. And I look, I read everything. I read people were like, well, you know, you're being controlled by the government because this is a way to keep you inside. And then, and you're like, all right, because, because look, even if I'm willing to entertain one portion of your conspiracy theory, even if I'm willing to entertain, all right, well, you know what? Maybe this is kind of a, a population control or a, or a populist control where they want to keep people inside and all this kind of shit. I, I mean, even if you think about it, but then you think about it for five seconds, it all falls apart. It's like those fuck kids that think we never went to the moon. We never went to the moon. Oh my God, no, are you kidding me? It's all fake. The whole thing was filmed in a TV studio. Stanley Kubrick was there. It was fucking amazing. Really? How come 8,000 people who were involved with the moon landing, not one of them is cracked? Not one of them has come forward to you and said, hey, uh, we never went to the moon and here's the proof. No, fuck that. Everybody was involved and they went to the goddamn moon. Enjoy it. Embrace it. We went to the moon. If anything, you, you, you should find other things to shit on. And again, it's like anything that's too big, they can't, their little brains can't fucking handle it. It's so stupid. Oh, the Holocaust never happened and we never went to the moon. Okay, but did you know if you wear a mask, you can not get sick? Bullshit on that, too. So what is it? Do you not believe small things? Do you not believe big things? Do you not believe anything? Who are these fucking idiots? 
There's a dude at some fucking thing in Florida yesterday. He's screaming and he's yelling about, I won't be muzzled like a mad dog with my mask on. You're not going to, you can't hold me down. And and he's wearing, he's wearing a fucking short sleeved button shirt. I'm like, who's this mad in this shirt? Are you, what are you, are you, it's like trying to be the toughest guy at a fucking picnic. What are you doing? You're, you're drawing a line in the potato salad. This is where you are. This is who you are. Get out of my way. Get the fuck out of here. People screaming at city council meetings talking about 5G and questioning professors and saying that their degrees don't mean anything. And when they went to school, what did we do? Where did this grand experiment go wrong that half the fucking populace, and if not half, maybe more, decided that they weren't going to listen to anybody no matter what their fucking qualifications? Who decided that experts aren't experts anymore? It's fucking awful. You know, it's funny. I chased this back to fucking Colbert like I... I loved it when he did it at the time, and I thought it was a bit, but in reality, this guy saw the fucking future coming. Watch the first ever Colbert Report when he did the the word, the segment of the word, and the word was truthiness. And he talked about how, you know, you can believe something in your head, but I feel it in my gut, and my gut's more powerful than your brain. And, And it was a bit, and it was really funny, but no, man, it was the vanguard. He saw this fucking coming. I'd like to hear him comment on it or speak to that because, I mean, he must have seen some sort of fucking uh, disturbance in the force where fuckheads were just going to be, because I mean, maybe, and maybe it was starting then and I didn't notice it. That could be it. I'm pretty fucking oblivious. I'm, I'm stepping on my dick and tripping through life. I'm not really paying much attention to shit. You know, I'm, I'm as blinded by the Avengers and fucking Spider-Man as you guys. You know what I mean? I'll wind up watching Marvel movies or whatever the fuck, or I like restaurants. I love sports. I'll play fantasy baseball. Like all that kind of shit kept me from concentrating on the fact that there was a fucking leak in the dam. And the little Dutch boy's finger wasn't going to fucking stop it. And now the dam's crushed and we're all buried. We're all up to our fucking chins in water. And there's, and we're just treading it. All we're doing is treading it, waiting for it to go over our heads. That's it. And these people contribute to it. It's, it's, it reminds me of like those, you know, when they say Nero fiddled while Rome burned. Well, these dumb fucks, they, they're not going to fiddle. They're going to play a banjo or the fuck as they all drown in their own mucus and germ fucking spray taking people out with them. You know, in the old days, hillbillies used to fucking set off a fucking, uh, uh, and I look, I don't want to just pigeonhole hillbillies, all right? Yes, Florida, Texas, Arizona, but there's a bunch of fuckheads in Minnesota too. There's fuckheads in, in Washington. There's fuckheads all over the goddamn place. You know, it's and in California. There's tons of fuckheads here. Like I said, I went to Ralph's the other day. I went shopping. Now, let me ask you this, because I, I genuinely, I want your opinion. I genuinely want your opinion. I, uh, I, I go to fucking... Ralph's to go grocery shopping, right? And uh, you have to have a mask to get in the building, which is fine. You get in, everybody's shopping, they wear their mask, everybody's cool. Well, I just went this week and uh, and a guy comes walking down the fucking, like I'm in the dairy aisle by the, there's like sauces and pickles and across the way is the fucking yogurt and the milk, whatever the fuck. It's, it's aisle one. So what I like to do is I go up aisle one, down aisle two, up aisle three. I look at all the aisles because if I see something I want, if I think to myself, hey, you know what I want? Baby corn. There is it. There it is. I'm going to walk past the baby corn at some point. I shop by impulse. I know what I'm getting. Like, I know I need some lunch, man. I need some bread, uh, probably a pile of license plates of chocolate. But at the same fucking time, if I see something on the shelf that moves me, I'll grab it. Like I bought, I bought eight cans of tuna. I'm like, you know what? I like tuna sandwiches. Let's have some tuna in the house. Why the fuck not? Uh, if I see something on a shelf that moves me, I'll grab it. So that's what I do. I like to go to every aisle. So I'm in aisle one. It's my first, I walk through, I walk to the produce. I get my grapes. I get my avocados. I get my Persian cucumbers. I get my bananas. I get my tomatoes. And now I go to aisle one. 
and I'm looking at the sauces because now I'm a sauce guy. Do you guys know this? I've turned into a sauce guy. I've decided to become a sauce guy. If you listen to old episodes of the show, uh, there were a few things that I, I don't like a freestanding cheese. That still stands. I do not care for a freestanding cheese. Uh, I didn't like hot ham. That still stands. I don't like hot ham for dinner, but I will have hot ham on a breakfast sandwich. I've come around to that. Because I've been doing that now. I'll, I'll make uh, some uh, Eggo waffles and I'll make some scrambled eggs and then I'll heat up some ham and cheese in the pan and fold it over and put that on my breakfast sandwich and have a delightful treat. That's how I handle my business these days. Cooking for myself, I cook a little ham, I cook a little cheese, I cook a little fucking egg, I make a breakfast sandwich. Get off my fucking back, all right? I, some guy can change his fucking mind. Here's another thing I've changed my mind on. Remember, I wasn't a sauce guy. I like my fries naked. That's how I fucking handle it. I go, I don't, I don't put ketchup on shit. Sometimes, occasionally, I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to bury these fucking fries in ketchup, but they're super hot and salty. Then yeah, crispy, hot, salty. I'll bury them in fucking ketchup. It's just like eating handheld hash browns. It's fucking delicious. But 98% of the time, I'm not a sauce guy, but that now is changing. I've become a sauce guy. I bought some cocktail sauce. I'm starting to put on stuff. I bought some Bobby's boat sauce. I got the hot and the classic. Uh, I bought some crack sauce from my taco joint. I just ordered some Old Bay hot sauce. Look at me. My palate is expanding. I'm pouring all sorts of fucking liquid in me. I got a China, crispy China sauce, which is fucking badass. Couldn't believe it when I tried it. Thought it was going to be super hot, super crispy chili China sauce. I love it. Uh, I've become a sauce guy. So I'm in the sauce aisle. I'm like, is there any sort of weird sauce that I can grab here? There's a thing called bone sucking sauce. No, thank you. Don't care for that. Don't care for your illusion. I, I, I like barbecue, certainly, and I do enjoy a tangy sauce. I don't want to think about having a cock in my mouth with tangy sauce. Cock is tangy enough. I don't need to pour sauce on it. Let's not get into how I know this. I read a lot. So uh, I'm in the sauce aisle. I'm looking. And there's, uh, there's you know, pickles, whatever the fuck. And sure enough, down the aisle comes a dude, probably 35, maybe 40. And uh, taller than me, probably about 6'5". Now, good size, dude. Thin. Uh, but normal size, not, not, not a thin dude, not a big dude. And his mask's down around his neck, covering his Adam's apple, keeping us all safe from, I don't know, stubble. What the fuck? You got germ stubble? You fuck. Put your mask on. And, uh, I saw him and other people are all wearing their mask. And I, in my head, I'm like, all right, look, cause you know me, you fucking know me in the old days. I'm America's bouncer. I literally take it upon myself to walk up to that fucking guy and go, dude, what are you doing? Put your mask on. You, you got to put your mask on. Put your mask on. You know what I mean? Like, I, I've never questioned my ability to be that guy. Uh, I, I have no issue with it because, again, what, what, he, I'm a big enough person to where if I say it, it gets the point across. But also, if he wants to fight, then we'll fight. I mean, I'll, I'm ready to jam. Let's do it. Let's go round and round right here in the fucking sauce aisle in front of God, yogurt, and everybody. Uh, that's fine with me. I mean, I'm happy to do this. If this is how you think we got to do it, then I'll, I'll get it done. That's, but that's honestly, that's old. That's old thinking. That's the old way of doing it because I looked at him and again, he's got his fucking mask down around his chin and his, his neck. And I, I, this is exactly what I did. I looked at him in my brain. I went, I went, all right, I, now I'm going to clean this mess up. I got to fucking do this. Let's light this candle. Let's fucking do it. And, but instead here's exactly what I did. I went, And I walked away. I walked away. Uh, not not because I was scared. Not because I, I didn't want to assert myself or I'm timid. I, I walked away because in my head I did the math. I never used to do the math on this kind of shit. 
I would just walk into a fucking propeller and sort it out later. I didn't give a fuck. So if I had to break up a fight or if I had to hit a guy or if somebody had to get fucking clotheslined or whatever the fuck I needed to do as a bounce or whatever, I would neutralize the situation and I would always make sure I was in it. I've told you this before. If there was violence afoot, if there was anything near me that looked like it was going to go to DEFCON fucking five, I would vibrate. I would physically feel like I was glowing and I was ready to go, whether it was going to be to tackle somebody or put somebody in a cobra fucking clutch or a chicken wing or whatever the fuck I got to do or, or... Or even just to stand in a guy's face and go, dude, fucking stop. Put it away. Put your fucking mask on. Put your fucking mask on. Like, I mean, I've been that guy for a long time. I haven't been that guy for probably six years. Once I got into therapy, I started talking to Shannon. Uh, I, I genuinely started to think about my actions and go, what are you doing here? Who are you mad at? Why, why are you taking it upon yourself to be the, be the fucking world's janitor, the world's bouncer, the world's cleanup guy? Why are you Winston Wolf? You ain't got to solve problems. So I've found myself kind of avoiding those situations to a certain extent. Now, I'm sure I've over the past six years, I mean, I've told you other situations I've been in. I mean, I mean, with me and my ex. There would always be some guy I had to fucking talk to or some guy I had to look at or some guy I had to roll my eyes at and go, great, this is going to fucking happen now. Until I realized that, you know, that was kind of, that was how the strings were being pulled, so to speak. So, uh, you know, like I, like I said, I've said it before. I, I One time I was just like, am I supposed to break everybody's jaw? Like, what do you fucking want me to do here? That came up more often than not. So, uh. So I've, I've tried to, and also, you know, I'm, I'm now I'm 50, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's not, there's a great line in stripes where, where fucking Bill Murray's talking about Tito Puente and he's trying to get his girlfriend not to leave. And she goes, you know, she goes, John, it's just not cute anymore. And that's, that's the case. Like if I, if I jack a guy or I fucking tackle him or the fuck, Hey, it's a great story and it's good. But if I go to fucking jail and I got to bail the fuck out or if a guy hits his head and he dies and I mean, just fuck, I, I'm doing the math. I never, I never did the math before. I just got led around by my fists and my dick. And that was fine. You know what I mean? Um, and again, cause I was a bouncer. So it just gave me kind of carte blanche to fuck everything up. I didn't give a fuck. I'd hit guys or grab them or whatever I needed to do. I was cool. I was a nice guy. I gotta, I gotta say I wasn't like a monstrous douchebag, although I might sound like one, but I'm saying when the shit hit the fan, I didn't give a fuck. Then, then it was just, Hey, how you doing? Nonstop punching machine, or let's grab a guy and lift him up by his fucking neck or whatever we got to do to fucking solve the situation. But the problem was when I was getting paid to do it, that was fine. But when I start doing it at the fucking mall or the grocery store or the, or, or the post office, uh, several times you've heard stories about that or in a parking garage or whatever, or at a stoplight when I lost my fucking head. Like I said, it's, it's grist for the mill. It's a good story to tell you guys. And I'm, I'm extremely lucky that I never wound up really fucking anything up. I still don't understand how the guys at the stoplight didn't, didn't get out and beat the fuck out of me. There's two of them. You pussies. How do you take that loss? I fucking destroyed your car, whatever. But I did the math in the grocery store because every time you go online now, there's some fucking video. Like I said, the person at Trader Joe's did it. There's a video of somebody who won't wear their mask and somebody telling them, fuck you, wear your mask. 
And I see people on social media go, I'll, I walk right up to a guy and go, hey, asshole, you can't fucking be in here without wearing a mask. And I, and here's, I want to say this to you guys too. I don't know what world you're in, okay, where you can just walk up to somebody and go, hey, asshole, put on your mask. And they sheepishly put their mask on. That doesn't happen anymore. That's what I'm saying. In my world, the world I inhabit, the world I've inhabited for quite a while now, if I go up to somebody and go, hey, what the fuck, man, put your mask on. They go, fuck you, man, I have to wear a fucking mask. And that's the math part of it. Okay, because if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to if I'm going to be a cop, if I'm going to walk up and tell somebody, put your fucking mask on, then guess what? That person's going to escalate because I I often think because I'm big, like and you, a lot of people think this, they're like, think, oh, man, you're a big guy. Nothing's going to happen to you. And I feel that way physically. But I will tell you this. People don't back away from me. I mean, I'm six two three fifty. All right. Some people go, Jesus Christ. But some people just go, I don't give a fuck. What are you going to do? Fuck. Because people do. Here's the. And again, I've talked about this millions of times. I talked about it on the Proud Boys show two years ago. People don't think they're going to get hit. People dare you to do it. People, they, they, nobody, nobody is, is thinks they're going to take a beating. Nobody thinks they're going to get trimmed. It's, it's fucking ridiculous. So you can't, unless you're ready. And here's the thing. I would love to be the Punisher. I would love to be Frank Castle. I would love to be Marion Cabretti. I would love to walk up to a dude and go, hey, man, what the fuck are you doing? And if he talks shit to me, I put it, I grabbed his fucking cigarette out of his mouth, crumbled it up and said, clean up your act and tear his shirt and walk the fuck away. You know what I mean? Like, I'd love to walk up to that dude and pull his mask up and put it over his face with my hand that can palm a basketball and then grab his fucking face and go, leave your fucking mask on for everybody else's safety, you fuck. I would love it. I would love to just put on, you know what? If I could be a superhero now, I'd be fucking mask man. And I would wear a mask and I would just make sure everybody else wore a mask. Fuck supervillains. Fuck solving crimes. I wouldn't give a shit. I would just show up in public spaces and just go, hey, fuckhead, where's your mask? Blam. And I would put it on them. And I would dare them to do something. And then I would leave. Uh, or I would take their wallet and their driver's license. And go, all right, if I hear about you not wearing a fucking mask, I'll come to your house and I will fucking bury you in a mask. I mean, it's just, it's just the instinct to want to fucking tell people that what the fuck are you doing? But that's the problem. You can't do it anymore. You know, I've talked about it before. A guy gets beat up. He goes home and gets a gun. Nobody wakes up, dusts himself off and goes, oh man, I was an asshole right then. Nobody. Well, very few people anyway have the self-awareness to realize that they're the ones who are wrong here and they will double and triple and fucking quadruple down on their stupid behavior and then force you to pull the trigger on doing something you don't want to fucking do. So that's why the mask thing to me is so fucking tricky because this fucking dude, you know, he had tats on his arms. I mean, he looked like maybe he probably could handle himself if we went round and round and that's fine. And I was ready in my brain. I got ready for it. I did that dumb thing where the fucking, the tumblers click and I go, all right, well, we're going to fight. This is going to happen. Like all in this instant, when I looked at him, I'm like, all right, we're going to fight. We're going to do this. I'm going to go up to him. I, f- I play the fight out in my head because I know nobody has shame and nobody thinks that they can fucking be told what to do and everybody thinks they can get away with it. And again, like I said, nobody thinks they'll get smacked in the fucking head. Believe me, I would love to walk up to him and go, dude, put your mask on and be like, hey, fuck you. What do you mean? Fuck you. Put your fucking mask on. You're killing people. Oh, what are you fucking going to do about it? And then just open hand slap him in the face. Just fucking cuff his ear. So it rings and he falls down because he loses his equilibrium and he hits the fucking ground and you stand over and you go, put on your fucking mask, dummy. We don't live in that world. And I'm glad we don't live in that world. All right. I don't want it to be frontier justice. 
What I'd like is for all of the great citizens of Rock Ridge to get together and realize the black sheriff's a good guy and we should all wear fucking masks. So I looked at him and I did the math and I just, I I literally sighed into my mask. I was like, and I, you know what I did? I left the fucking sauce aisle, sauceless. <laughs> my my standing there taking stock of whatever sauce they had to move. And I, I, I just not, you know, just get out of here because it was making me angry to be sharing space with that fuckhead and not being able to do anything about it. Because like I said, I could have gone up to him. I could have policed him. I could have said something. You know, people think dirty looks will do it or whatever. But even if you give a guy a dirty look, he's going to go, what? What are you looking at? What? What? You know, they if a guy has his mask off, he has it off for a reason. He wants you to talk to him about it. He wants you to come up and say something about it. You know, he he wore it around his face to get into the store and then he took it off to be a cunt. It's just like when I would go ahead and bounce at the fucking club and it was like you couldn't you can't smoke in Los Angeles in a public forum. You can't. So guys would light a cigarette. You'd walk up to him and go, hey, dude, you got to put your cigarette out. And they go, cool. And they take one more drag to prove to you that they were still an American citizen. And they would palm the cigarette without throwing it on the ground. And I literally, every guy would do it. It was every dude's move. You would say, dude, you can't smoke in here. You know that. And they go, okay. And then they'd exhale thinking they were distracting me with the fucking BJ and the dirty dragon smoke while they palmed the cigarette. And I go, look, Step on it. I know you have it in your hand. I'm not dumb. We're not dumb. I don't want to enforce this rule, okay? I don't want to be the world's fucking babysitter. Fuck this romper room bullshit. Me and my fucking mirror that's not a mirror. Who do I see? I see Sean and David and Jesse, and they're all fucking smoking, and they won't put their fucking cigarettes out. Put it out, man. Because I'm just going to be bothering you all night and ruining the show for you. Just like you're ruining the show for everybody around you by being a fucking cunt who won't put his fucking cigarette out. It drives me crazy. Because look, here's the thing. I don't give a fuck that you smoke. It means nothing to me. You want to die? That's fine. You want a lung full of tar? Beautiful. You want to go lung rockets all night? Fucking Marlboro Red and you're a tough guy. You want to roll your own? I don't give a shit what you want to do with your life. But in this venue, in this building, in this room, I unfortunately am entrusted with everybody else who doesn't want you to smoke. And also, it's the fucking rules. That's the rules. Oh, man, I tell you what, you go to a fucking concert, you know, it's fucking communists or whatever. You got to make, put a cigarette out. You know, what if the, oh, the, another one too, the band would smoke. So then they'd be like, well, the band is smoking. Oh, okay. Well, what do you suggest I do? You want me to go tackle Scott Stapp? So then Creed fucking hits me with a guitar and the whole fucking thing goes off. Really? You want me to go tackle Violent J so they pour more soda on my fucking head and then there's a riot because you fuckheads are mad that I hit your hero? Put your fucking cigarette out. Don't Again, that both sides, look at this. What, what happened to us? And I say that almost ironically because I know what happened to us. Nothing. We've always been like this. This illusion of civility, this illusion of we're all in this together has always been just that, a fucking illusion. I know good people and I know people who care about other people. And so I don't want to broad brush everybody on the fucking planet with, with saying that they don't care, but, but they're the loudest. And when you don't care, it's evident when you do care, nobody notices, you know why? Because you're not calling attention to yourself. Nobody, nobody gives money to a domestic abuse shelter and goes, look at me. Ha ha. Look at me helping out these punched wives. I'm fucking awesome. No, fuck you. Nobody does that. They do it quietly. They try to help somebody out to preserve their dignity and give them some help. 
I, 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 but, but the loudest fuckheads are the ones who are like, ah, my freedom is important to me. I, I soar like an eagle and I breathe in everybody's face and I hope you die because then you know what? I'll be alone with the planet all to myself and I can do whatever I want. A naked square dance or eat whatever the fuck I want off the shelf. Woo-hoo-hoo! I'll be the one who doesn't die. I'm, I'm the omega man of this disease and I'm going to walk out and see a bunch of chips and guys in sunglasses and who cares? Because I run the show. I killed everybody with with my superpowered germ breath. Put a mask on, you fucking dick. I got news for you. If you kill everybody on the planet with germs, you know who the lucky ones are? Everybody taking a fucking dirt nap. Everybody, you know what? I almost want half these fuckheads with masks to kill me so I don't have to deal with the fuckheads without masks. Because then I can go to mask heaven or whatever the fuck Jesus is doing these days. I don't fucking know. But holy fuckaroni, put a mask on. Spiking everywhere. Florida, Texas, Arizona, just, just, just fucking germ farms, man. You ever see, when I was a kid, there was a commercial for a product called Off. And in the commercial, a dude would put his arm full of, in, in a fucking, in a plexiglass box filled with mosquitoes. And he'd be like, oh, they're biting the fuck out of my arm. That's fucking Arizona, Texas, and Florida right now. It's just a plexiglass box full of fucking germs and people with germs. And you stick your arm in there and they all bite the fuck out of you, man. And yet, and yet people still defend it. People go to these city council meetings and scream into microphones about MAGA and Trump and fucking 5G and QAnon and oh my fucking Lord, what is happening, man? I used to joke about us, about us having a compound or like a, like a Mike Schmidt, 40-year-old boy compound. We'll have a village. We'll grow fucking garlic snapes. What's that fucking plant called? I don't even know. Ramps. We'll grow. We'll just grow shit and we'll laugh. We'll play fucking board games all night, some Candyland. Little shoots and ladders. We'll wear masks off and enjoy ourselves. We'll all pair off and fuck whoever we want to fuck. Or we'll all fuck in a pile. I don't care. But the good news is we'll do it like in a, in a, in a fucking clean and healthy environment where everybody likes one another. We haven't got to worry about one ass fuck walking in and going, I'll do what I want. Jesus, fuck. And so it's funny. Like, you know, I want to start like a reverse Jonestown where like all of us are cool. Like nobody, let's all have Kool-Aid. You know why? Because we fucking like Kool-Aid. I ain't killing anybody. I'm making Kool-Aid to make for us to drink because it's fucking delicious. Don't worry about, look, I'll tell you what, here's exactly, this is totally true. If I get a fucking compound and I invite everybody to the goddamn compound and then I say, hey, let's all have Kool-Aid. That's not like, hey, follow me because I'm going to fuck all your daughters. That's, that's just saying, hey, man, I like fucking Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. Grab a fucking glass. Let's chug it, baby. I don't give a fuck if it's grape, strawberry, or rainbow, whatever the fuck. With all the new flavors they got, let's do it. Let's chug it all. I want a Jonestown where everybody's nice to one another, and we all can just fucking sneer at everybody from space. Let's do that. Let's build a space station. Can Elon Musk, somebody get Elon Musk listening to this fucking show so he builds us a rocket. He's half a douchebag, I get it. But if he builds us a rocket, that's fine. Him and Grimes and the other five kids and whatever the fuck else he has in his life. What a weird story that is. Another guy. I talked about it a couple weeks ago. The more I read about that guy, it's like, again, he was like, uh, everybody's telling me he was cool. He's this. He's fucking awesome. He shot a car into space. I'm like, all right. And now you're like, he's just a weed fuck with a fucking, with a, with a kid fetish. I mean, it's, what? I, that's terrible. 
Rich people are fucking awful. Peter Thiel and these assholes who have their own choppers and their own islands, and they're going to go fucking leave the second shit hits the fan and goes bad. Suing publications into the fucking ground. Destroying journalism because they don't like what people say. This whole thing's falling apart, man. Put a mask on this country. Because it's fucking sick. And it's getting the rest of the world sick. And yes, I know the rest of the world's no fucking prize. I know Brazil, what the fuck? Everybody's all fucked. Sweden just said, hey, Sweden basically said, here's my favorite thing. Sweden, Sweden, everybody's getting sick. And they're like, yeah, for sure, we're getting sick. That's a fine. Soon everyone will have it a germ and it'll be a fine. No, no, it won't. People are dying at a record clip out there, Sweden. I mean, I don't know how many blondes you got to spare, but you are stacking them up in piles. This is fucking awful. From what I understand, half your bikini team is fucking done. Yeah, for sure, the bikini team is a sick. The chef's got it. Even the chef's got it. And yet, the chef's got it over there, and they're still eating his food. That chef is, you know, he's in the kitchen right now, and everybody in the dining room is getting bork, bork, borked, and they don't fucking care. Because they decided, hey, let's all catch it. What a weird strategy. If you lived there, wouldn't you be like, what the fuck? That's your strategy? We're all going to get it? Are we a, are we a fucking country or a kindergarten class? What the fuck are we? Well, sometimes you got to let rubella go around and take the weak kids. No, you don't. You really don't. We got a medicine for that. We got a needle with a gun and the whole fucking thing. Yeah, I understand uh, the, the Donnie Wahlberg's fucking girlfriend who showed you her pussy once told you you shouldn't fucking do it. But do me a favor. Just for me. Just, you know what? Just for fucking between two friends. Give your kid the needle so he stays alive. All right? So he can maybe climb out of this fucking ridiculous herring-eating fucking hellhole that you've decided to kill everybody in and go somewhere like, oh, I don't know. I can't think of a place. Come to the 40-year-old boy compound. That's it. Leave your sardines behind and have the fucking delicious Kool-Aid. It's fucking perfect, man. Fucking Sweden. The chef, the whole fucking crew, they're all dying because they went, yeah, you know what we're going to do? Here's our novel approach to the virus. No medicine. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) You guys are fucking geniuses. That's awesome. The fucking Sedin twins are just like fucking like, wait, what is, hold on, we're rich. Give us some drugs. Do something. Like, nah, no, nah, for sure. This is the way we're going to fix it. Everyone is going to get a sick and then uh, nobody will be a sick. Oh, really? I like, can you show the math on that, please? Again, I'm doing the math on my own in a grocery store. I want to see some Swedish fucking math where you go, you know what? Once everybody has it, no one will have it. What kind of Zen medicine is that, you fucking idiots? Who runs your country, Phil Jackson? Get the fuck out of here. Oh, well, I'm some, let's go to a fucking sweat lodge and we'll sweat out this fucking horrible disease. Once everyone has it, no one will have it. Oh, oh. Yes, what? Can I help you? Uh, yeah, the ohm guy died. I don't know if you heard. You, you should stop with the oming. The ohm guy died from the fucking germ that you wouldn't fucking inject anybody with medicine for. Remember medicine? I think they've got it next door in Norway or whatever the fuck. Should we go next door? Let's do that. Let's go next door to Finland and borrow a cup of medicine. Could we do that? So fucking Bjorn and Bjorn 2 and Bjorn 3 don't all fucking die in their childhood beds, you fucking idiot. Save your country. Jesus. God damn it. We love your meatballs, you fucks. Who's going to run the Ikeas if you all die because you're stupid like us? Don't you see an opportunity? 
Yeah, for sure, an opportunity. Let's stay alive, and then we can go over to the estates and remember the Feuergebirgen. I think when fucking uh, Buttergup are lost, they were like, oh, that's our, uh, our door. Our window is closed into America. Let's all get the disease and a die. Don't die, Sweden. We need you, man. We need a lot of fucking goofleboogers or whatever the fuck you guys are selling these days. And again, we, we, we love your meatballs. We love your lingonberries. We need you guys alive to pick those or whatever the fuck. Oh, I'm sorry. The ohm guy died. Go ahead and put that on a shelf. Once we all are sick, none will be sick. Oh, you fucking Swedish dopes. Wow. Is there, is there, I know you, what are you known for? I, I guess you were known for fucking, you have a good hockey team, right? Olympic hockey team. And, uh, and that's it. You don't have any doctors there. Don't you guys get, isn't the Nobel, wasn't Nobel, Bob Nobel, whoever the fuck, wasn't he Swedish? I think he was. You fucking idiots. Once we are all sick, none will be sick. Oh, you fucking... Yeah, for sure. We're going to go ahead and survive. How are we to plan on surviving? By dying first. Excuse me? This plan doesn't make any sense. Yes, once we die, none will be dead. That is the way it works with the herded immunity. Oh, oh, okay. Herd immunity. Once we all die, none will be dead. Is that what you're trying to say? Yes, we will have transcended the sickness and moved into the herd immunity. God damn, there's a lot of blondes in line at the fucking pearly gates right now. Yeah, for sure. We were told to meet up here. St. <laughs> Peter's just like, he's got a giant fucking book and he's like, oh man, I gotta call Jesus. This is a whole lot of hot chicks and weird fucking talking dudes. I can't let them in here. I can't let a whole country in here. Is there another world war going on that I'm not aware of? How does a whole country fucking show up? Once we are all sick, none will be sick. Once we are all sick, none will be sick. Home. <laughs> That's the Swedish home. Get the fuck out of here, man. What happened? What happened to this world? It's just spinning down the fucking crapper, right? New Zealand is fine. I guess Canada's sort of okay. They're starting baseball again, and they're like talking about smuggling guys out of the Dominican Republic. I don't even know what that fucking means. Because look, no offense. All right, we're we're like an industrialized nation, okay? And, and so is England and whatever the fuck else. Uh, a lot of these countries in South America and wherever, like the Dominican Republic and, and Ecuador and whatever the fuck, um, you know, they let's put it this way. They don't uh, they don't get TV. All right. They they, they, <laughs> they don't have cable. I don't know if I can worry about their medicine situation. All right. So there's got to be any number of of 240 hitting slick fielding shortstops who are just pulling a lung full of germs onto the plane to bring to America. And I got no issue with that. That's fine. Cause again, nobody here's wearing a fucking mask anyway. So fucking Yvonne de Jesus junior junior is going to get me sick. That's one. That's fucking one germ mouthful. I got to take because he's got those big ass thick thighs and that huge caboose, baby. He got it from his dad. Fuck me. Let's open baseball. I, I saw this week. is another thing. People are dying. The masks are all over the place. And they're going to open fucking baseball. And baseball players are just like, oh, okay. Sounds good. Well, don't, and, and the owners are like with their giant cigars. They're like, don't worry, boys. You've got bats. <laughs> like you can fight off the germ with a bat. These evil fuckheads. So fucking stupid. These captains of industry. 
I almost want all the young people in this country to die just so the old people have to fight the gorillas. You know what I mean? Because they're, they're all depending. Every war has been fought with the young. All the old guys are like, go ahead, young boys. Go ahead and win this war for us. Meanwhile, we'll be over here fucking your wives. <laughs> Smoking a giant cigar. Throwing money around. Well, then all the fucking young people die because of the germ and the wars. And then it's just old dudes looking around and going, oh, well, this is, there's not much of this planet left to claim for ourselves, is there? I don't know why Edward G. Robinson is every old guy on the planet, but I don't give a fuck. It's so stupid. I, w- I almost want like all all young people to die. Leave this planet to the old. Let them die in the fucking coming sun blasts. Goddamn ridiculous overheating sun. Sh- I know they're building lead line fucking ridiculous. And, and they're all of their trophy wives. Can you imagine that? Who was I talking to? He was telling me that uh, there was there was a, a, you know, Dean Stockwell, you know, the actor Dean Stockwell. Is he dead? He might be dead. My buddy was telling me a story. He saw him a few years ago. Uh, and he said that he had a 23-year-old wife. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, the, literally the only benefit of that relationship for anybody in that relationship, the woman, the man, anything at all, is Dean Stockwell gets to touch that young girl. Like, that's it. That's all that she gets no benefit out of of rolling through his wrinkly ass. And when you're 80, whatever the fuck, your body's a ball sack. It's not even, you know what I mean? It's not even a fucking, you're not like, well, parts of me are okay. No, man, you're 83. It's over. The warranty's expired. Cash it the fuck in, buddy. You're ready to get fucking tossed. You tell me a 23-year-old girl looks at an 80-year-old dude and is like, yeah, well, I got to fuck that guy. No, you don't. I mean, you might have the biggest of daddy boners, but even 80 to 23, that's that's a huge fucking gap. So the only thing that anybody gets out of that is possibly Stockwell's got money she's going to get. And then, and then Stockwell gets to touch a young girl, but, but she's not, she's clearly, there's nothing in her where she's just like, oh yeah, no. Oh my God, please do me a favor. Rail me, rail me with your ridiculous limp laundry clothesline of a cock and your balls that hang to your fucking knees. Please, by all means, Dean Stockwell, quantum leap all over me with your giant fucking scrotum that has done nothing but get embarrassed by gravity over the last fucking 80 years. What do they talk about? You're not even the same species. If you're 80 years old, you're not even the same species as a fucking 23-year-old girl. I mean, imagine trying to talk to her and go, so what do you guys do? And she goes, oh, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, I... I, 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 I love hearing stories about Peter Fonda. <laughs> really? Hey, he told me about when he and Harry Dean Stanton and Dennis Hopper and Peter Fonda went to the desert. That was fun. Oh, that's a great story. Sure. Dean's been dining on out. out Dean's been dining out on that story for 40 years, which is 17 years before you were born. Are you aware of that? Do you know this by any chance? This poor girl is just, I literally, you know, Dean Stockwell goes to bed at 7 o'clock p.m. And this poor girl is Googling, who is Sal Minio? Like, she has no fucking idea. But this fucking guy, and again, good for her. Maybe she maybe she likes it. Maybe he's got a huge pile of fucking dough. I don't know. And maybe, maybe he's just mainlining enough Viagra to fucking give it to her once or twice a fucking day. I don't know. I don't know what she could possibly pull from that. But hey, good for her. I don't know. I don't, I don't. I'm reading these stories of sexual abuse in comedy and sexual abuse in wrestling. And then, and not only that, but like hazing incidents where guys, boys, men were, were forced to drink urine or dog piled naked and tied together. And their clothes were taped up and they were locked in a small room. So they're, you know, they're rubbing on one another. It's just like, you're reading this and it's just like, this is a bad place. All we can do is our best to make it good in the small time we're here and so many people make it bad. Why? What, what do you get from that? 
so many people channel, channel the, the bad that has been done to them or the frustration they have into, into rage or anger that they take out on other people for no good reason. It all rolls downhill. And for so long, you know, black people are, are at the bottom and, and women are at the bottom and they get the brunt of it. And, and an explosion is coming. It has to be right. You know, I talk about this country and say, oh, there's got to be a change. We got to move forward. I mean, it's fucking everywhere. It's, it's every country. It's every place in the world. Women just getting fucking maligned and, and black people and, and Latinx people and, and fucking just an Asian people just, just getting, getting the brunt of it. And, and white people who've been dishing it out fucking forever going, oh, we're so maligned. Uh, why are you so anti-white? What's going on? Uh, just still like, Jesus, fuck. And it's, it's rich and poor. It's powerful and non-powerful. And it's just, it just won't fucking stop. You see people taking it out on, on, on everyone. I saw this happen on Twitter this week. This is totally true. Now, look. Referencing Twitter is fucking stupid because it just brings out the worst in people. It exposes you to seeing what people do, who they are, but they get to hide behind anonymity. So you can't really see who they are, but they know who the fuck they are. What you think is funny when you're mean to somebody, that's just a fucking ton about you, man. And look, I've been that guy. I slapped a dude on a bike. I'm that guy's worst story. Probably embarrassed, enraged, still wants to find me and beat the fuck out of me. I'm his Larry Bagwell. I get it. We've all done really fucking dumb things. Some of us dumber than others. I saw a guy on Twitter this week. There's a, there's a guy in New York. He's a writer and a comedy critic. He has a blog where he talks about comedy and, and he mainly calls out toxic masculinity in comedy. He goes after these dudes like, um, I look, I, I'm not making a commentary on these people. I'm just saying their names. He goes after, after like Luis Gomez, Big J Okerson. Uh, he was the guy who called out that Shane Gillis fuckhead who got hired by Saturday Night Live and then got whacked. And, uh, and since then he gets, he gets fucking harassed constantly. Now he, he deals with it. Sometimes he engages. Sometimes he retweets guys that are super mean to him, whatever the fuck. But this has been going on for over a year. Like he'll pop in my timeline with someone telling him he should die or what, you know, all that dumb shit. And it happens all day. Like if you go and look at a tweet, you'll see his replies or responses. And they're always like, oh yeah, I guess a failed comedian would go ahead and try to take out successful fucking comedians. Why don't you just fucking choke on a dick? You know what I'm like? And it's like, who the fuck? Whatever. I, I don't. I mean, I have rage in me. I have, I have anger in me, but I don't that hiding anonymously. And like, you know, I've talked about it before. If you're going to do it, that's like when I said about going up to the guy in the grocery store, I would have had to stand my ground and we would have fought. That's all we would have done. Cause I can't, I can't just go up to him and go, Hey man, put your fucking mask on or even sir. Could you put your mask on? And if he's like, why, what are you going to fucking do about it? Well, all right. Well then I either walk away tail between my legs or I punch him in the throat and, and which one works. Neither, because I go to fucking jail. Who the fuck knows? Whatever. And if I punch him in the throat, maybe he coughs fucking spit in my face anyway. But that's what I mean is you can't, there's no, there's no comeuppance. There's no, nobody fucking realizes anymore. 
You can never ask anybody to do the right thing and they just go, oh, okay. And then they do the right thing. They might eventually do the right thing, but they have to tell you why they're doing the right thing and why you didn't make them do the right thing. They've decided to do the right thing because they chose to do the right thing because why not? I should have, well, fuck you, man. Just fucking do it. I don't need your Gettysburg address about why you don't need to wear a fucking mask. Put it on. But on Twitter, this dude, so he goes after these comedians, whatever the fuck. And, and, and so he gets fucking yelled at constantly by these fucking toxic assholes. And then this week he retweeted a guy and he's like, Oh, look at this. Someone had started a Twitter account. You, they, they, they literally did research. They found his father's name and they started a Twitter account in his father's name. And all they did was tweet at him, telling them how disappointed they were in him, that he's chosen to be such a pussy online and be mean to comedians using his mother's name. Like me and Leanne were talking last night and, uh, you know, you're, you're, we're thinking of giving your childhood bedroom away. Like, like fucking this, this, this level of fucking toxic maliciousness where behind you literally did the research. You found this guy's parents fucking names. And then you, you, you tweeted him all day telling him how disappointed his parents are in him. Like, first of all, that's, that's just, that's just weird borderline junior supervillain shit. You know what I mean? And also that's just impotent rage because you won't claim it. But also, yeah, you're, you're a pussy. You're a fucking huge pussy because you're doing it without your name attached to it. And that's, that's the worst part is this an anonymity where people can do whatever the fuck they want and not get, not get held responsible, not get called on the fucking carpet for it. I, I mean, the fact that you're hiding behind this fucking weird identity and, and, and there was a clip I talked about it, I think last week where there were these people protesting in Ohio and they got, you know, a bunch of bikers came and fucking challenged them. And one of the protesters was talking to a cop and a biker walked up, you know, a little spindly fuckhead. Looked like the kind of guys used to fuck my mom when I was a kid. Unfortunately, when they got out of prison and came to my house, just the, the fucking bandana and a leather vest, just fucking greasy. And he walks over and he punches the protester in the back of the head. Just punches him. Now, look, he doesn't know how to punch anybody because he's a skinny little fucking cancer patient fucking looking dude with a ridiculous handlebar mustache. But he punches the protester. It doesn't phase the protester at all. Doesn't hurt him or anything. Protester goes to turn around and this dude just puts a little pep in his step and sneaks off and hides in the crowd. Like, look, all right, you want to sucker punch a guy in the back of the head? Whatever the fuck. Fine. You're there to protest. You, you feel that strongly about it. That's fine. But wait for the guy who's, who's literally five inches taller than you to turn around. And if you want to go, then fucking go beat his ass. You want to be tough, be tough. But as a biker, you're a biker because you got your colors on, you parked your Harley, you're there with all your fucking misshapen biker friends who probably watch that fucking Gimme Shelter documentary and cheer on the fucking ridiculous bikers because back then you were idolizing the Hells Angels and you're like, woohoo, Altamont, this is great. You fucking idiot who sleeps with a pool cue under his pillow because you think anybody gives a flying fuck about you at this point because you ran drugs in 72 and someone might come looking for you. You failed, man. You fucking failed. You, you gray haired, leather clad skeleton who couldn't even fell a protester with a sucker punch. And that's why you had to run the fuck away because he would have folded you up like a fucking sheet. 
But that's the thing. You won't stay. You won't take your comeuppance. You don't take your ass beating. If I challenge the guy with the mask in the grocery store, he's not going to fucking listen. He's going to want to fight or he's going to body me. He's going to get up in my face. And then what? I'm going to have to fight him. See, that's the thing is I don't, I don't want to do something like that and start it if, uh, if nothing's going to happen. I mean, like, cause again, in the old days I would be like, all right, cool. We're doing this. And then, and then someone goes flying into the mustard. You know what I mean? We can't do that. I can't do it. The world isn't that way. I don't live in Deadwood. I'm not fucking Al Swearingen. I can't just order guys hit. So you know what you do? You sigh into your mask, don't we? We all, we all just sigh into our mask these days because you see it coming to a fucking end. It's funny. Comedy is in trouble. Stand up. Like I said, a lot of toxic shit was bled this week. Not only about women having to deal with what they have to deal with on stage and in green rooms, um, but just fucking comedians. I'm going to, I, you know, as a theory might be half-assed, but I thought of it this week, you know, I think, I think podcasting has, has absolutely contributed to the toxic environment we see in social media and in stand-up comedy, because when you did stand-up comedy, you had to be on stage. And if you said shit that was controversial or racist, or you would, you would be immediately called on it. You would be in a room where you could feel the room turn. Stand-up comedy is about making people laugh and keeping them on your side. My chops weren't great, so I would get mad and I would lose a crowd. But other comedians, you know, they just, they're just they magicians. They can hold a room. They can do what they want. And sometimes if they love you enough, you can say whatever the fuck you want. And it works. But you also knew that there were lines you couldn't cross because you're in a room full of everybody. Sometimes there's Asians. Sometimes there's, there's black people. Sometimes there's everybody in the fucking room. You weren't just playing exclusively to your tribe, your crowd. So you had to broadly write things that were funny and you had to actually exercise some discipline and go, well, fuck, I can't say that because if you did, you'd be immediately judged in the room and, and nobody wants to bomb and nobody wants to fight their way out of a paper bag. It's like when I used to do Literally, I would do jokes about Michael Jordan's father dying and I would open the show with it just to see if I could fight my way out of that position in Chicago. Stupid, made no sense. But it was an experiment I conducted for myself over the course of a few months and I opened it with it every show and did I dig my way out of it? Eventually, but I would lose the first 10 minutes of my show trying to warm them back up. It was a dumb thing to do, but it was, like I said, I was learning at the time. But you knew that's what you were doing. You were on stage and so you were in front of people and you were going to have to answer to them, whether through their silence or being able to see the looks in their eyes of disapproval as they stared at you from the front row while you stepped on your dick saying dumb things. You were kept in check. Stand-up comedy was never, you know, we always say, oh, it was the freedom. You could say whatever you want on stage. Yes, you could. But you also were judged in the moment by the crowd. And if you were just going up anywhere, there was a mixed crowd. And if you fucking, you offended somebody or you made somebody upset or you said something that crossed the line, the crowd would fucking let you know it. Well, now in podcasting, look, I'm alone, so I can't speak to this. I say dumb shit all the fucking time because I'm the one man who's here to fucking judge it. But in other comedy fucking podcasts, you got four people sitting around, three guys, four guys, whatever the fuck. They're all sitting around and, uh. And it's an echo chamber where they're sitting there like four white guys or whatever the fuck. And they're all making each other laugh. And then they say 
something that might be racist or they'll call it ironic racism or they'll do something like that. And I've done it too. I've done it in, in groups. I've done it with friends. I've done that shit all the time. There's no doubt I've, I've stopped because it doesn't make any fucking sense anymore. You know, when I was a kid, that shit was funny. You did it all the time. And then even in comedy, because again, comics are vicious, man. We hang out, you go to Denny's, whatever the fuck you're busting balls. It's just, it's a, it's a toxic atmosphere. There was a guy who used to listen to the show named Bucky Sinister. Bucky helped me get into San Francisco the first time I ever did my show. And he was fucking indispensable for his help. And I've lost touch with him over the years. I think he stopped listening. I don't, and I don't know if that's a bad thing. Like I said something he didn't like. I don't know. But just this week, he popped back onto my radar because Tom Sharpling retweeted him. And he wrote a thread about how toxic stand-up comedy is, particularly in Los Angeles. And I agreed with it. I loved it. I retweeted it. Um, and Bucky's in LA and I was like, Oh fuck, that's cool. But he's been doing LA stand up in LA and he's just like, Hey man. Uh, and he, 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 he really nailed some points where he said, you know what? Comedy is you're all friends, but you're competing with your friends. You're competing with your friends for stage time, for agents, for, for everything. So whether or not you're still buddies and I've recognized this feeling, if your buddy got something you didn't get, well, in comedy, we're in the business of selling ourselves. So you have to go ahead and go, why wasn't I good enough for that? Why was he good? And I wasn't good. What was better? What was bad? What, what did I do? And why is he, what has he got that? I, oh, he's not funny. He's not as funny as me. I'm funnier than him. Even if it's your friend, even if somebody you drink with a million fucking times or you're right with whatever the fuck, there's that thing inside you where you, not look, not everybody in comedy is like, yay, rising tide lifts all boats. Woo. Go and do and be funny and go get Montreal when I bombed. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a crusher and it's a weird industry and it's my industry. So I can speak to it. I maybe office politics are like this too. I don't know, but you're, you're all rooting for one another until you're not. And it is, it can be pretty toxic. So when you're with your friends, you might say things you don't usually say, or you wouldn't say. And that's what podcasting lends it to the safety of not so much anonymity that you would find on Twitter or places like that, but the safety in numbers of sitting at a table with three other white guys. And then you can make ching chong, bing bong jokes and think you're fucking killing it. Picking the lowest hanging fruit and making your friends laugh. And then in your brain, you're just like, Oh yeah, that's funny. And then you think, well, not only is that funny, that's acceptable. And now because you have a podcast that reaches out to more people to think Ching Chong Bing Bong is fucking funny. Now you do a fucking stand up set and it's all these fuckheads who listened to your podcast and thought it was funny when you punched an Asian in the face. And now you're safe to do that on stage. And I think that's what's bringing that out. Podcasting has let people feel safe because they're performing only for their three friends who think racism is funny or whatever the fuck. And I'm looking, I'm not, I'm not talking about everybody. There's a billion shows that aren't like that, but the shows that are like that, that lend themselves to guys trying to be controversial or offensive. Well, they're in a room with other guys who feel the controversy and being offensive is great. So they're all laughing. So then they go, well, fuck, I'm safe to bring this to the stage. And then the listeners of those shows come to those shows and then they think, oh yeah. So then when Shane Gillis is being racist on a podcast and then Shane Gillis is being racist on stage. He's like, okay, this is cool. Then he gets Saturday Night Live and people go, whoa, whoa, this guy's a fucking racist. And he's like, what are you talking about? I've been doing this for years. And it's like, yes, because you've been doing it for years in an echo chamber, man. The second you come out of your echo chamber, there are people who are going to tell you, man, this is wrong. And the problem is there are so many people now who want to go, no, that's not wrong. You're wrong for judging. You can't, free speech, free speech. Well, yeah, you're free to say whatever the fuck you want. 
But you're also free to do fucking stand up in a room where people can fucking judge you with their eyes and their silence, man. It's the way it fucking works. And I said last week, we're going to eat ourselves, And it's true. We are. I read a story in the Washington Post where they went back two years and a woman who was at a Halloween party wore blackface. And, and this is two years later and they just got her fired from her job. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? You dug up this woman's past from two years ago for an op-ed in the Post. And now you fucking tracked her down and got her fired. And, and look, blackface is stupid. Don't ever fucking do it. It's awful. But this woman, she literally, I guess she apologized I, when I read it. And again, but I don't, that's the thing. I don't know what to think. I don't know what to think anymore. All, all you can do is your best. And like I said, podcasting has lent itself to letting people think they can say fucking anything. Look at me. I say fucking anything. I do. I used to joke that Trump was just like me. Trump shows up and says whatever the fuck he wants at a rally. And people are like, woo, because again, why would he think otherwise? He said he could shoot people on fucking Fifth Avenue and people would be cool with it. And everybody's like, what? That's fucking ridiculous. But nobody really tells him that he can't do those things. So he thinks he can do whatever the fuck he wants. So when some fucking half-wit, asshat, fucking racist podcaster says racist shit on a podcast with racist friends, he thinks he can go ahead and bring it to the masses and be okay with it. Because four people laughed, why shouldn't 400? But then 400 people who listen to the podcast come and they laugh, so he thinks, oh, these 400 love it. Why shouldn't I be on a national television show? And then he run into the fact that everybody goes, whoa, whoa, dude, what the fuck? And I don't know how to fix it. I don't look, man, I'm just talking. I seriously, I wish I had fucking answers. I, I wish I knew where it was going to go. I, I wish there was a way to have herd immunity from stupidity. Yeah, for sure. You guys can get me at Mike and Mike Schmidt comedy.com. You guys can be my uh, friend at facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy. I burned my voice. I could hear it. I, uh, I wish you could. Jesus. <clears throat> Hi. Uh, you guys can follow me at twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy. You guys can uh, get me an Instagram and Snapchat at Mike four zero Y O B. Find me on there. Why wouldn't you? Right. Go ahead and add me. I'm the coolest. I don't know if I'm the coolest. What's happening outside? Oh man, there's fucking bullshit going on. Maybe they're changing the patio furniture get this dude. I've lived here 23 years. They've had the same patio furniture for 23 years. And, and, and look, I've had sex on that patio furniture. I've had sex in this pool, whatever. Uh, still that you, uh, fix it, clean it, get it out of here, do something. And yes, that's on me. Cause I mean, if I'm doing it, who else is doing it? I'm sure other people are doing it, right? I'm not the only monster in this building. <laughs> I'm, I'm the monster at the end of this book though. I'll tell you that. All right. You guys can get me at Facebook or no bad Mike at Mike and be my friend at facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy. You can follow me at twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy. You can find me at Instagram and Snapchat Mike four zero Y O B. I felt like saying those over again. So I did. Ryan Dirks does a lot of the web stuff for us. He's the coolest. You can follow him at facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks. Uh, I want to throw out a, a shout and a thank you to Casey Bills, who's fucking cool as hell and helps me uh, with the YouTube stuff. Thank you, Casey. Uh, and of course, David Hernandez does all of the artwork and the music for this show. Uh, you can go to his Facebook page, facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez and find him on there. Go to his photos and look through and, and find all the painting he's done for me. He's done my timeline paintings. He's done... Uh, he's done all the stuff for the Westside 86 Jokers page, which is the fan club page. He's just, uh, he's a goddamn Renaissance man, music and artwork and, uh, and now adding podcasting to the ledger, which I'll tell you about in a second. But first I'll tell you that he's got a page on Facebook called this is dumb. That's dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb. Please check it out. Uh, it is, it is uh, great and exciting and it's there and it's full of 
people who, who love people and hate people, you want to be there. If you hate people, you want to be there. If you love people, you definitely want to be there. If you love people who hate people, how the fuck are you not there already, man? Uh, that's where you should be. This is dumb. That's dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb. It's a Facebook page. Ask to be a member. You'll get some questions. You'll answer those. And then you can go in there and make fun of the world with David and his uh, posse, his pussy posse. That's what I call it. Uh, so go ahead and do that. Uh, like I said, be his friend, facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. He's also got a podcast available now in the iTunes store or the Apple podcast store, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's called the Flem cat podcast episode one dropped last week. You should check it out, download it, subscribe, leave a review, tell him you love it. Tell him, you know, me tell him you met me once and you thought I was cool. So he likes me again. Do all of those things. The Flem cat podcast. It is, uh, it is ready for you to be downloaded right now at the Apple podcast store. And that's Flem P H L E G M the Flem cat podcast. Look, not a lot of podcasts have Flem in the title. So just make sure you spell it right and you'll find it. P-H-L-E-G-M. The Flem, Pat, uh, little Flem Cat Podcast with David Hernandez. Uh, you can find it right now in Apple Podcasts. Get it there. And uh, if you want to hire him to do artwork for you, you can. Because like I said, look at the fucking artwork he does uh, for me on the Facebook page. At Facebook, he's done all sorts of artwork, caricatures for people. He's done paintings that hang in foyers. He works in oils, watercolors, whatever the fuck you need. If you want to hire him, if you're looking for artwork, he is your guy. If you think of garbage, think of Akeem. If you think of amazing artwork, think of David Mex Hernandez of facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez and the Flemcat podcast fame. You'll want to go to his website as well, because not only can you see the artwork that he's done on Facebook, but then you go to the, the fucking website and he's done a bunch of other stuff too. check it out. Uh, that's art by DMH.com. A R T B Y D M H.com. Yeah. 
I should probably point out that uh, I, I, I say whatever you want on stage and podcasts. I don't give a fuck. You know that I say whatever the fuck I want, but you got to own it. That's the thing. You got to be prepared. Uh, and, and so don't say anything that you've got to later go. Oh, well, you know, I didn't mean that. Yeah, da, 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 da. You know what you're saying? You're a grown man. You got control of your own words. And here come two words for you right now. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> That movie's fucking awesome. I haven't seen that in a while. I got to tune it in. <clears throat> man, I blew my voice out. Weird. All right. So, hey, man. Uh, uh, so, what do I want to tell you about? Plugs? We still got sponsors for now. I don't know. Until I say something stupid. We get we got some sponsors. Um, our great friend, of course, Fearful Jesuit, over there at the Paranoid Strain Podcast, which you can get right now in the iTunes store. Download it. Subscribe to it. Check it out, please. It is a fantastic show where they're dealing with coronavirus. Uh, and he's with me, man. Wash your fucking hands. He'll tell you all about Fauci footwear and Fauci throw pillows. And uh, he'll tell you about mandatory vaccination and microchipping and, and all sorts of cool stuff that a lot of people fucking think. You know, all the, this show, all the people I just talked about, uh, well, Fearful Jesuit does a deep dive on them and gets into their fucking skulls and tells you why they are the way they are. So that's the show you want to hear, man. Download the Paranoid Strain podcast available right now in the iTunes store. Like I said, download it, write a review of it. Mention me, say you heard of it from me. If you want to write uh, Jesuit a note, write him. 
theparanoidstrain at gmail.com, theparanoidstrain at gmail.com. Write him a note. He's also got a Facebook page. If you Google, uh, if you go ahead and put in the, the Paranoid Strain on Facebook, there's a group there you can join if you're a fan of the show. Uh, do all that stuff, man. Why not get on the radar, get on board with our good friend, fearful Jesuit, who is ahead of the curve when it comes to taking out these fucking idiots. And you know, it's just getting worse. The man's never going to run out of material. I often wonder, uh, you know, are people tired of me talking about the same thing over and over? And he's never going to have to worry about that. Cause he's not going to have to talk about the same fucking thing over and over because everybody in the world has a conspiracy bullshit theory that they're fucking advancing right at this moment. Right at this moment, there's somebody out there is telling you that the locusts in in India were sent by 5G. Somehow these bugs were manifested out of 5G. Remember a couple of weeks ago, I said the cicadas were going to show up and just be like, you know what? Fucking you guys bury yourselves for 13 years this time. Yeah, I don't fucking doubt it. I still believe it. So get the Paranoid Strain podcast available right now in the iTunes store. Check it out. It's fucking fantastic. Our good friend, Fearful Jesuit, is at the helm. Danny Unicorn is right there riding shotgun. And, uh, and oh, you can think to yourself, wow, that Danny Unicorn, she's she's got it all, man. She's got brains and brawn. Listen to her fucking getting it done, and she'll punch you in the face if you get out of line. And I'm here to tell you that that's totally true. I've seen her. I've seen Danny Unicorn. She's, she's uh, Christ, she's ripped. She's, she's got fucking, she's got abs on her abs. She's got fucking cannons. She'll fuck you up is, I guess, my point. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I'm going to stop. Uh, the 40 year old boy advertising you now, telling you right now that the paranoid strain podcast is available in the iTunes store. Go ahead and download it and subscribe to it. <laughs> Review it, write him a note, tell him you love him. Tell him you love the show. Tell him you love me. I, I can't, you know, why not mention me? I can always be used. Mention me, please use me as your bulldozer. Uh, it's the best. So go ahead and please listen to the paranoid strain podcast available right now in the iTunes store. Uh, our fantastic friend, Rob Matsushita has his stay home channel on YouTube. Uh, he got his own channel. It's uh, what is it? YouTube.com slash stay home. 2020 YouTube.com slash stay home. 2020. Now, when he sent it to me again, stay home was all caps. So you can try it that way. And it's two zero two zero youtube.com slash stay home 2020. Uh, it's, it's, you know, the show's like a, it's kind of like a quarantine inspired twilight zone, I guess is what you'd call it. Uh, there's new casts and stories every week. Um, and the new episode is going up this week. It's got two episodes. One's about a famous serial killer and his wife who are planning a future together. And, uh, and in the second story, it's an interview with a retired supervillain. And, uh, and he has one or two hot takes on superheroes. These are two new stories right now at youtube.com slash stay home 2020. That's a lot of S's and so you get whistling out of my mouth because my mouth doesn't work any longer. Uh, YouTube.com slash stay home 2020. Check it out again. Like I said, he's just got new casts, new stories every week. I did one of them for him. I don't even know if that one's up yet, but uh, eventually, because he had that one's a lot of editing. There's like fucking 10 people in it or whatever the fuck. And he's probably going to do something to CGI me out of the goddamn thing. You'll get nine people in a CGI zebra with my voice, which is probably for the best. Uh, but go to youtube.com slash stay home 2020, subscribe to the YouTube channel and watch all of the clips. Rob's working hard casting his friends. He's staying busy during quarantine, which is really not the easiest thing to do. Uh, and, and so he deserves it. He does good work. Go check out the channel, please. Uh, youtube.com slash stay home 2020. And that's all caps on the stay home and two zero two zero and go watch some videos, man. What the fuck else are you doing? Hiding in your house? Of course. Uh, let me tell you about the, uh, oh, you know, cameo exists. Did you know about this? Cameo is a phone app. You can hire me to do a phone thing. Why wouldn't you do that? Right. I just did, you know, I did one this week. Oh, you know, who did I do it for? Was it, uh, a woman named Eden? I think was her name. I believe so. 
Um, she was, she was, uh, yeah, Eden was her name and she was fantastic. Our buddy, Michael thought of me and hired me to do it. And it's always this thing where I never know people will hire me to do stuff and they'll be like, this is for my friend, uh, Steve. And I'm like, Steve doesn't listen to this show. He's going to be like, who's this bargain basement comedian you hired. Uh, but that makes me just give the extra effort. That makes me go the extra mile. Eden's Eden's cameo. It, look, it got away from me. I'm not going to lie to you. They're not all going to be ridiculously long like hers was, but who knows? Hire me. Why not? And specify. If you want me to go short, please tell me. Because, I mean, you know me. I'll talk fucking forever. Uh, but thank you, Michael, for thinking of me and hiring me for Cameo. And please remember that all in June, uh, we haven't had many. I think we've only had three or four Cameos this month. I have a I have a list. I'm not going to lose track. Um, but all the money will go, of course, to charity. We're, we're giving it to, I got a feeling, because it's going to be a smaller number. You know, I'm probably just going to go ahead and give it to one specific charity, uh, Black Lives Matter or maybe Act Blue again. Well, but we, we already gave some to them. So I'll find another uh, worthy cause and give it. It won't be a personal GoFundMe. It'll be more of a cause for a group. Um, but yeah, and you've still got time to, to get in on that. If you want to hire me to do a cameo here near the end of the month, we've got four days left in June, three days left in June, I think. So hire me and get me on board and let me do something cool, man. And let's give some more money to some more people who need it and use it and can deserve it and uh, or can use it and do deserve it. Let's do that. Uh, so Cameo exists. I think it's bookcameo.com where you get the app on your phone and hire me to do cool ass stuff. Why not? Uh, Amazon. We have a link for that as well. If you go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com, go to the merchandise page. There's a, a link there for Amazon. Click on that and then you're shopping again. You're buying stuff from Amazon anyway, right? You're out there shopping. You're, you're giving Bezos all your dough. So why not think of me? You think of garbage, you think of Akeem, you think of artwork, you think of David, you think of Amazon, you think of me. Fuck Bezos, don't think of him. He owns already, he's got enough real estate in our fucking heads. So uh, so go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com, go to the merchandise page, and then click on the Amazon link and hey, you're shopping and we get a taste of the gig. We get money, they get money, you get stuff. It's a perfect symbiotic relationship. As I've mentioned before, it's like that triangle where everybody's holding a wrist. Three wrists being grabbed at once. We get money, they get money, you get stuff at Amazon.com. If you use our link at the merchandise page at MikeSchmidtComedy.com, click on the merchandise page, click on the Amazon link, you're shopping, we get credit. Thank you so much for thinking of me. Uh, you know, uh, again, last month we donated that money. I'm waiting to see what we get this month. I'm just, I'm, It's keeping me afloat. Again, these are, if you've thought of sponsoring or helping out the show, this is a good time to do it with the Amazon link. Because again, it costs you nothing except for what you're spending already. Uh, so think of me. And, and do that. Thank you. I appreciate it. Everybody is using the Amazon link. Uh, you're the fucking best. You're really helping. And that's, uh, and that's great stuff. Um, you know, we've got a Patreon page, which also a lot of people have subscribed to and helped me out. And I appreciate it very much. Patreon exists. Go to patreon.com slash Mike four zero Y O B, or just put in Mike Schmidt, the 40 year old boy, Patreon. It'll come up. You can become a monthly, uh, subscriber, a patron of this show. And uh, as I've mentioned, again, if you're going to help the show, this is a really good time to do it, man. I appreciate you guys thinking of me. You can do it via Patreon by becoming a patron there. I appreciate that. And also, if you go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com, while you're looking for the merchandise page and going to use the Amazon link, in the upper left-hand corner of every page of the website, pretty much every page, there's a little Schmitty. He's got his pocket out. You can click on that. It says Donate. And you can donate. You can sign up for a recurring PayPal monthly donation or, or, or get this. You can do a one-time uh, donation via PayPal, like our friend Jamie did this week. Our good friend Jamie Ditterline, uh, Jamie of the Ali and Hector, uh, Ali and Hector Jamies. Thank you so much for thinking of me. Beautiful, I appreciate it very much. You're nice to help me out and help the show out. I appreciate you reaching out. Uh, and Jamie, it's it's. I'll say this, and it's strange. Jamie's my friend. You know, uh, we met certainly through the show. 
but she and I have become friends in the interval. And, and so then when she helps out, I feel fucking weird. I, I know it's strange, but, and I do this with everybody when you're friends and you donate, there's our friend, Michelle and up in, in, in Oregon, she helps out, um, you know, and, and people on Twitch, when they donate everybody, you guys are all so fucking cool and you're keeping me afloat and you're really helping me out and don't think I don't appreciate it. I tell you all the time, I hope you realize how much it means to me, but at the same time, I try not to, uh, I feel a little stupid and I don't mean to. Cause it's like, we're friends. And it's like, why would friends do that? But because they're friends, I suppose. I mean, I need to look up friendship in the dictionary is what I need to do. Let's all look up friendship, not fatality. Let's look up friendship. Uh, you mortal combat fans. So Jamie did line. Thank you so much for reaching out via PayPal and helping me out. Uh, Michael hired me for cameo and, uh, and anybody else who thought of me or, or hired me for anything this month or any time. This is a good time to support the show. This is a good time to help out because again, with the germ and all the indecision and whatever going forward, I don't think I'm going to Uber anybody ever again. So, uh, this is it probably this and then Twitch and whatever YouTube I can make work. What you're like, what YouTube? Yes. I have a YouTube channel. Did you not know this? What, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? YouTube.com slash the 40 year old boy. Go ahead and become a member over there. We've got all of the archives for the podcast lurking. As I mentioned, my buddy KC helps me out with it. Um, are there other videos coming of me eating fruit? Probably. I, you know, I got to figure out cameras and shit. And I know you're like, well, you always say that. Yes, I do. Fuck. Leave me alone. I'm bad at it. I, I, I'm good at the recording part where I'm like, how you doing? I'm Mike, but, uh, and, uh, pushing buttons and plugging in cords. I'm fucking terrible. I need people. I need a, you know what? I need a crew. I need people. Get me some people, man. Uh, but either way, I've got to figure it out going forward. So if you go to youtube.com slash the 40 year old boy, you can uh, go ahead and follow, subscribe there on the channel. That'd be great. And eventually maybe I'll do a chat on YouTube. I always do Twitch stuff. Maybe I'll go back to YouTube and do a live chat. Maybe I'll do some videos. Who knows? I look, I don't want to pigeonhole myself. I don't want to say I'm going to do this or that. Uh, the world is my oyster. Cause again, I think about it all the time and I've talked about it on here. I literally have two television stations and a radio station and, and I need to do more with them. I need to, I need to put on some makeup. I put on some makeup. Do, 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 da, da, do, do, do. All right. Uh, take the wig down off the shelf. Got to say it in German. Shelf. Uh, <laughs> put on the eight track. All right. So but this is the thing. YouTube.com slash the 40 year old boy exists. Follow and subscribe. Why not? Uh, the Twitch channel exists. I'm on Twitch. I'm doing that stuff, right? I'm doing uh, all that. Oh, wait, what? I was going to tell you something else before Twitch, though. Wasn't there something else, man? Oh, yeah, let's plug this. Uh, hey, man, I did Alice Fraser's podcast, Tea with Alice. That's available now in the iTunes store or wherever great podcasts can be. You can get my episode with Alice. And that was a real discussion, man. That was like talking about the world and what's happening. And there's some funny in it, but there's also some serious in it. And and she's just a fucking delight. She is a genius. So to be able to talk to her and converse at any length is always worth it for me. And to record it and have it be there for you guys to listen to, dude, it's... It's just fucking great. She was really nice to ask me and I'm, I'm honored and proud to be involved with a show like that. So, uh, so go listen to tea with Alice and that's like the beverage T E A tea with Alice. Go download my episode, download all of them, subscribe, whatever the fuck. But, uh, but yeah, man, go ahead and get my episode with Alice. It was really damn good. I, and I, I dug it. I appreciated her having me on. We did an Instagram thing too. And I think I'll be doing another one of those soon enough. So, uh, so yeah, check it out. It was really good, uh, good time. And also I did uh, uh, an essay for my friend, Becky Pedigo. Uh, <laughs> I, I, Becky's a comedian and she had asked me to do a, uh, an essay about how I became a comedian. 
And this is the weirdest fucking thing in the world. Uh, the blog is how I became a comic or died trying dot wordpress.com. And there's a bunch of comedians there who wound up doing their, their things. Well, uh, she asked me to do it. I sent it to her. And apparently she had also asked my brother Lenny to do it. And look, I'll be honest. Uh, she told me, she's like, yeah, here's one up. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, it's going up Monday. I'm like, great. And I woke up Monday morning and I got a text from Lenny and I didn't know he was doing it. And he just wrote, dude, it is creepy how similar our, our essays are. And I have to admit, I was a little fucking frustrated because, you know, I'm, I'm, this will sound bad. I'm trying to be me trying to make a name for myself as a comedian. And I have over 12 years as a podcast or whatever the fuck, but, um, you know, I'm still in some areas. I'm, I'm Lenny's little brother or I'm grouped in with Lenny. And also Lenny has great success doing stand up, whereas I'm more of a podcaster now. So, uh, so it would have been nice to have it on my own. It's, I felt the same way with, even with Jimmy, you know what I mean? When people go, Oh yeah, he's from never not funny. Like, um, when, when that guy geo used to do, he used to help me out. He posted a bunch of stuff on YouTube. He fucking built that channel. I, I will never, I mean, he just fucking went out of his way and did fucking work for free. It was ridiculous. But when he built it, he put, he had never not funny as one of the tags on all my shows. Like if you search never not funny, I would come up and I hated it. I was like, dude, don't do that. Yeah. You're just tricking people into fucking listening to me. And he's like, well, no, you were on never not funny. You helped build that show. And I'm like, I was there for a year. They've been doing it for fucking 14 years now or whatever the fuck I'm, I'm, I'm part of the history or the lore, but I don't want to use that as my fucking meal ticket. I don't want to trick people into fucking listening to me. That doesn't make any fucking sense. So I always felt like I was in Jimmy shadow doing it. And that's, you know, I, and I also felt like I was gravy training off doing it, even though I, I was on the show, whatever the fuck I never wanted it to look like I was using Jimmy's name to get shit. I wanted to get stuff on my own. Same thing with Lenny. I never wanted to look like I was using Lenny's name to get stuff. I wanted to do it on my own. So for her to tell me that my essay went up the same day as Lenny's, I was just like, all right, now it looks like whatever. So then I go read them. And, uh, I, I, I use this word a lot and sometimes probably too much, but I'm going to use it now because it's completely appropriate. I read, I read his essay and I was astonished at the similarities between his essay and mine. Now, look, you would say, well, you grew up in the same house. Of course, that makes sense. And I know our comedy careers are, are kind of parallel. Even though we were far away, we didn't know what the other was doing. But, but the structure of the article is even the same. I wrote mine in a, in a construct of giving you three people who influenced me. And he did the same exact thing. And I named mine the rule of three and he named his comedy in threes. I mean, it's, it's fucking ridiculous that it's that close when again, I didn't even know it. It really looks like we called each other and said, what are you going to do? Well, I'll do this. And we tried to make it match, but we didn't, we did it completely independent of one another. I had no idea he was doing his vice versa. And for them to go up the same fucking day for us to write it the same fucking week, it's, it's really astonishing to see the similarities, even though I know of the similarities between us and comedy, whatever the fuck. And again, we grew up in the same house, so we have the same influences, but, but I mean, it's go read them. Go. That's all I can tell you to do is go read them. It's uh, again, it's how I became a comic or died trying dot wordpress.com. And, uh, and read Lenny's essay, read my essay. And again, mine's better, <laughs> but, but his is great. 
It's just, it's so good. And, and both of us are worth the read, but go if only to read the fact that we're exactly the same. That's the thing that blew me the fuck away. We wrote this independent of one another. We had no idea. And, and they, they're almost, almost, they're certainly identical in construct, which is fucking bananas to me. Uh, how I became a comic or died trying wordpress.com. Go read my essay, go read Lenny's essay. And, uh, if, if you're so inclined, read the other essays that are there, including my friend Becky's, which is great because Becky's a terrific comic and writer. And I'm, I'm again, honored that I would be asked to be involved. I'm always, you know, cause again, we're under the fucking radar here. We keep it indie with Mike Schmidt. I don't know how long that's going to go on, but, uh, well, that's another discussion for another day. Oh, Hey, and I'll tell you this. What the fuck? Why not? A couple of weeks ago, I did a podcast called wrestling with sports and I forgot to plug it on here. Uh, it's a show and there's a guy named Dennis who's a cool guy. And I guess he likes my podcast and he knew of me. And I got that through Pardo because they had Pardo on and Pardo gave him my name. But Dennis says he's listened to my show for a long time. And I don't know if that's true or not, whatever. Cool. I'm glad he did, but they had me on on a Saturday and, uh, it was me, Jason Kendall, former major league catcher who caught for a, a bunch of teams and Brett Boone, former fucking Seattle Mariner, all-star and a Fox broadcaster or whatever the fuck. And, and, and it's me and two baseball players just cracking fucking wise. Now, you know, is it a great fit? Uh, we did the best we could. Cause I don't know those guys and it's zoom and you're all trying not to step on each other's fucking dicks and stuff like that. But I had a fantastic time. I loved being asked. Those guys were great. They were so friendly and accommodating. Cause again, they've played in the major leagues and we're going to talk about baseball. So I came in and I'm like, look, I don't, you know, I I'm, I'm going to defer to the players and everything, but I'll give my opinion, but please know I'm not trying to. And they were just saying, they were like, fuck it. Freewheel baby. Like Jason Kendall Googled me. He's like, Oh my God, you're a comedian. Fuck. That's awesome. And he wants to have me back on. And I'm excited. I'm very happy about it. Cause again, whenever you make a good impression, you're happy just to be included is cool. But, uh, but to talk to two major leaguers and to be able to talk, speak to what was going on in baseball and ask them real questions, I learned. This is weird. Again, I've been a baseball fan for 50 years. Uh, that seems extensive and high. 45 years? We'll go that route. Um, but in that hour conversation, I learned a lot about the game. I learned about what they do on the field, how they see things. Cause I asked questions. I, and I thought I asked good questions. I was proud of my performance. Cause I, you know, I was funny to a certain extent. I, there's one point where I busted Jason Kendall's balls and he didn't know I was doing it kind of <laughs> like, cause again, they're not expecting that. And I teased him a little bit, just a little, you know, nothing obnoxious and Brett Boone laughed. So he kind of got what I was doing. Um, but just to be involved with that sort of thing was fucking cool as hell. I, I loved being asked. I loved being involved. So wrestling with sports is the name of the podcast. I honestly don't know where you can find it. Try the Apple podcast or Google it and see where you can find episodes. I don't know if they put up the zoom broadcast. Cause then you'll see my fucking head, but uh, they might've just put out the audio regardless, or it might, you know, it might not even be safe for posterity. It might've been a one-time broadcast. I'm not sure, but if you Google it, you'll find it wrestling with sports. And I guess it's usually Jason Kendall and Dimitri Young, but this time I got in there with Brett Boone and I'd love to get in with other major leaguers. I'd love to talk baseball. And I, and it was funny. Dennis wrote me and he's like, yeah, he goes, we'll talk baseball. You know, he goes, you know, we're not going to talk about any of that stupid wrestling. And I'm like, well, look, I'll talk wrestling all day. And he's like, what? You don't like wrestling? I'm like, yes. And he's like, oh, okay. Well that, that changes things. Like, so now I don't know, maybe they'll have me on with wrestlers. I don't fucking know either way. Um, go find it. Wrestling with sports. And it was really a fun time. I had a great, it was a Saturday afternoon and they contacted me out of the blue. He's like, what are you doing? I go, nothing. What? He's like, you want to go on the air right now? I'm like, yeah, sure. Uh, and they did. I zoomed in and there you go. I did a fucking hour on, on zoom with these guys. 
Uh, Wrestling with Sports, available wherever finer podcasts are downloaded or sold. So go ahead and check it out. And uh, man, that's a lot of podcasts I'm telling you about this week, but that's fine. Uh, Tea with Alice, go ahead and get that. Great discussion. Um, And I, I just... You know, this was supposed to be the year of I will. So maybe I will get on more shows and do more appearances and stuff like that. That'd be great. I, I would love it. Um, and we got the Twitch channel. You know, the Twitch channel is out there. Twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. Go ahead and find me out there playing games, doing whatever the fuck. Uh, follow and subscribe. If you got an Amazon subscription um, or if you're an Amazon Prime guy, you can use an Amazon Prime or an Amazon Prime lady. You can use your Amazon Prime and give me five bucks a month through that. You got to renew it every month, but... The fact that people do is fucking crazy to me, and you're so cool to think of me. Thank you so much. Our buddy Jeremy is on there giving out gift subscriptions. Our buddy Manny Mo is kicking in all the time. Um, you know, I mentioned the people who help me here with Patreon and PayPal. Uh, the fucking Twitch crew has been incredibly nice, man. Christy, everyone just kicks in subscriptions or bits or or just gift subs, and it's just it's really helping. God damn, is it helping? Thank you so much. And, and I love doing it. I love, I love going on and talking to people. That's funny. I'll go to play a game and then I'll wind up talking for like 90 minutes before the game. So it's like a, another podcast. Essentially. I've actually thought about taking chunks of that audio and doing something with it. What? I don't know. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> I've thought of this. I've thought of that. I've thought of all of these things. Look at these things I'm thinking about. Uh, but basically what I think about is talking and being funny and then hiring a bunch of other people to do all this other dumb shit. I need people. Uh, but go to twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy and, uh, and subscribe. Cause then you're, or at least follow. Cause then you'll know what I'm on. And right now we're playing, we were playing puzzle games for a while, but dudes, I started a game called the, the, whoa, hold on. I just spilled water all over my watch. God damn it. Nobody likes spilling shit. Um, I just started the game. I forgot. I filled my water when I took, when I stopped. Uh, and so I went to just pick up like an empty glass of water. Oh no. Filled to the brim. And water everywhere. Ice cold. Hi. That's on my thigh. It's delightful. Let's take a sip. Ah, there you go. Maybe that'll... <clears throat> nope, that's just... <clears throat> my throat is... <clears throat> All right, let's fucking wrap this up. The Last of Us 2, dudes, is a game... It just came out a week ago, and I played The Last of Us 1, and I talked about it on here where it moved me. It was an affecting game. There was the, there were, there was this scene at the end that really grabbed me. Well, now I'm playing the last of us Two, And Jesus Christ, dudes, it's just, it's, it's twisted my guts up with a stick. And it's funny. I go online and I see people were like, Oh, I hate it or whatever. And I'm like, it's, it's because they don't want to think they don't want to feel. And I understand it, man. If you don't want to feel, if you just want to play video games that are fun, you want to just do like fucking wrestling or basketball or dumb shit where you're killing everything in call of duty. I don't know. Cause again, you turn your brain off, you play these games. They're fun, but this game, this game doesn't just fucking, you know, there's shoot 'em ups and there's monsters and everybody's bad, but there's a plot line that hits you right in the fucking brain pan, man. I mean, it just, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a trauma factory. I'm not joking. Like uh, we, I've already, let's put it this way again. And this doesn't speak much about me. I know I'm a fucking half a a goof anyway, but dude, I'm half a lady all the time. I've already cried twice in a week playing this game. Like just been, just been fucking, it's crazy. I don't even know how to explain it. It's, it's because the story hits you and you get involved with the characters and then things happen and this goes here. And, and now I've just come to a spot. Oh my God. My neighbor. No. Can you hear him? He's yelling. Um, you, you come to a spot now in the game where, uh, 
Like it's and look, it's kind of soap opera. I get it. I understand that. So maybe young people or macho dudes don't want to deal with that. But that's all I'm about when I watch. When I play these games. Like there's games. Look, there's games where you just walk around and hit people in the mouth with a bat. That's fine. I like that. I don't mind hitting people in the mouth with a bat. But in this game, you hit people in the mouth with a bat, and then. Uh, your best friend gets lupus and you're like, oh no, the fuck just happened here? That's a drag. I just wanted to go ahead and sneak up on a tiger and stab him in the neck. I didn't want to deal with the fact that one of my friends has Myocynthia gravis. That's fucking awful. Jesus Christ. And that happens. I'm not even joking. Like it's this thing where you're like, all right, man, whew, are we safe? I think we're safe. All right, good. Let's sit down. I got to talk to you. Wait a minute. What? We just, we just killed a hundred zombies and a hundred dudes who were trying to hunt us down. And now we finally found the theater of secrets and we're sitting down on a dirty couch and, and you want to have a conversation? Yeah. I, uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but, uh, I'm the only carrier of smallpox left in the world. Wait a minute. What are you talking about? Holy fuck. Smallpox. Why were you going to, when were you going to drop this on me? What can you, well, the thing is, but you don't understand. I need to wear a mask, but sometimes I don't. Oh my God, dudes, this game it just fucking ruins you. It abs- and, But I love it. I absolutely love it. And I, like I said, there are people who are like, it stinks, blah, 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 whatever the fuck. And that's fine because you don't want to feel anything when you play your games. I totally get it. But this game, I'm all about that. That's what I want is I want a fucking story. Look, I, I love stabbing people as much as the next guy. I love hitting somebody in the knees with a goddamn machete. That's fucking cool to cut somebody's calves open. I love all of it. I'm more than happy to do it. I'll put three in the back of your head at close fucking range and let them ping pong around in there, baby. That's how I handle my business in a video game. But at the same fucking time, sometimes I want to sit down and look at a giraffe and cry. Sometimes I want to go into a deserted preschool and read a note that a kid left for his mom and you realize both of them are in some zombie stomach right now and you get totally sad i like doing that i want to wind up being a sad dude there's nothing wrong with that now i'm on camera that's even worse you're at home playing it by yourself sniffling and snuffling and wiping your eyes imagine being on a camera where any number of people can watch me and go that dude is a fucking lady yes probably i'm sad i got emotions i'm very surface i'm a surface cat it's a very delicate time for me at this point i don't know if you know the world is ending and i and my part in it is ending faster than most because I'm an old man who's just huddled in the corner waiting for everything to happen. I want to start that compound. As soon as I can do it, I'll brew the Kool-Aid and we'll all drink it and have a great time. Don't you want to just love each other and be happy? Let's go find a fucking place. Find a farmhouse or some shit. Let's big chill out. Let's barbecue and watch the big game. And then we'll all listen to Jeff Goldblum pontificate while he fucking rails Meg Tilly. Let's get together. Come on, people now. Join your brother. Everybody get together. Try to love one another right now on a fucking farm with me and everybody else. And that's what I've been saying all along. I need people. You're my people. Let's get together. Let's get a giant house together. And I'll make Kool-Aid and talk and be funny. And then you guys will set up wires and cameras and shit. And then I'll support us all with our YouTube and Twitch money. Oh, my God. You can be my people. Will you be my people? You know, I used to have a main man. Will you be my main man? That's from fucking Velvet Goldmine. When fucking Ewan McGregor looks at goddamn Jonathan Reese Myers and basically is like, he's Iggy Pop to his David Bowie, and he's like, uh, I need a main man. Will you be my main man? And fucking Bowie is just staring at him like, oh, I'm going to fuck the shit out of Iggy Pop. Because, you know, that happened. You know, Bowie and Iggy Pop went at it. And then Bowie and Mick Jagger went at it. You know, Mick Jagger fucked Iggy Pop. And, you know, they probably all blew Joey Ramone. What a fucking mess rock and roll is. Rock and roll, where till that comes? Wrestling and comedy are falling apart? When is someone going to point out the fact that rock and roll is a fucking cesspool? But also, you can't go back to 80 fucking years ago and go, oh, did you guys know? Chuck Berry shit on a girl's face. And then he made her eat it. And then he ate it. Yeah, I know. Okay. So we're going to put Chuck Berry in Chuck Berry shit jail? I don't know how the fuck that's going to work. And other people are like, oh, man, David Bowie dated an 11-year-old girl for like four years. I'm like, well, I again... 
I, no offense, if you want to get your time machine, there's a lot of fucking things on the list you can do besides go back and break up David Bowie and his child bride. I mean, seriously. You can go back and kill baby Hitler. You can do kill any other number of babies. You want to kill baby Bowie to pres- preserve this 11-year-old girl? Or, I would stress this. I would tell you this. Go back and kill that baby girl because she doesn't Podcast! Podcast! Podcast.